Sometimes I just fuck too much. Hey, welcome back to the show. You're probably wondering, hey, wh- I usually watch this bright and early Wednesday morning on my drive to work. You're probably thinking to yourself, hey, I listen to this at 12.01 a.m. every Wednesday. There's a couple guys who do, and they need to fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> that bothers me. <laughs> I like Wait those till guys. tomorrow. No, no, shout out to you guys, bro. Listen to it from 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. or whatever the local time is. Golden hour. There's secret bits that we edit out after 1 a.m., so if you want to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> we upload the raw version for one hour, and then we upload the fixed version. Yeah, anyway, this is not a fixed version. This is an alternate version. We tried to record a podcast about Westworld twice now. Yep. The first time, our brains were too sad. We had to stop. The second time, it slapped. It was probably the best episode of this podcast we've ever recorded. Yeah, bits flying every which way. Completely concise analysis, focused on the topic this whole time, too. Allegories like you wouldn't fucking believe. I compared it to every novel that's ever been written. Shakespeare, King Lear, Romeo and Juliet. King James Bible. Yeah, so we recorded and edited an entire episode of the podcast and then realized that we recorded it bad and the sound was fucked. So here we are for the third time to talk about which movie, Kian? Uh, we're talking about Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't fucking expect that, did they? <laughs> um, yeah, so what we're going to do is um, just like summar- or hit all the key points we kind of tried to in the garbage audio version of the podcast. Um so that way you can hear all of our uh, wonderful thoughts that everyone loves. Yep. And then, uh, for all the true hardcore fans, uh, we're going to have the full shit-ass, um, terrible sound quality version of the original podcast after this that you can listen to if you want. It's great bits, but it hurt my ears. So it should all balance out, actually. It should all be, it should be an average podcast. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, yeah, this movie, Westworld, it was... An indictment of Disneyland culture. An indictment of vacation culture. I'd say so. Here, let me do a little bit of backstory stuff about it first. So uh, Westworld Westworld came out in 1973. It was directed by Michael Crichton. It stars Ewell Brenner as the gunslinger, uh, a.k.a. the bad guy. Uh, Richard Benjamin as Peter, who's the main character. And James Brolin as his best friend. Um, Now, who do you think is the true main character? Uh, Richard Benjamin or Westworld? I actually think it was the scientist who panics and then disappears about halfway into the movie. That's interesting, because I just watched the entire uh, series of Sex and the City, and now I'm starting to think that Westworld the City was the main character. Ooh. That's just a bit. So (laughs) Westworld... Just a bit of commentary I thought of. So this movie takes place in futuristic 1983. Uh, the Delos Corporation offers the vacation of the future, where for only $1,000 a day, uh, this is 1983 money, uh, for $10 million of regular dollars, uh, you can go to a robot-populated adult amusement park set in either medieval Europe, the Roman Empire, or the Old West. And this movie follows two friends who go out to Westworld on vacation, but after the robots malfunction and start killing people, the vacation turns into, into a nightmare, and our protagonists are forced to fight for survival. Our protagonists are forced to not end the vacation early, just <laughs> like every single dad when anything goes wrong on a vacation. Man. Yeah, no threaten to turn this car around until the cows come but they never do yeah i i just thought this movie was such a good representation of what happens every time my dad takes us on a two-hour road trip to go look at a hill what happens it's just always like someone pukes in the car somebody starts crying and then it's like there's just 
always a point on every vacation, I think, where it becomes clear that the smart thing to do would be to cancel the vacation, and then everyone just perseveres. Yeah. I remember one time I was going to, my family was going on their vacation, like our, our vacation to Ireland, yeah. and the day we were supposed to fly there, uh, everyone was sick. <laughs> like really sick i was like i was fine but all my sisters were like fucked up yeah and i remember uh like just barfy and we uh were driving out there and they all have like fucking bowls in their lap like, <laughs> bowls. and i don't know why we were like we're going on vacation <laughs> just determined to just have determined. fun no matter who gets hurt yeah we were driving out to the airport and my dad's brand new toyota sequoia yeah and he was like hey if if you guys throw up and you get it in into the into the into the bucket I'll give you a dollar. Just please, God, <laughs> don't get it in my new car. I'll give you one fresh, shiny Irish dollar. <laughs> one flicky dollar. One Canadian coin. And so then my sister throws up, obviously. And yeah. she actually like gets it all in the bucket, which was like, I did not expect that to happen. That's rare. I don't think I've ever puked in a bucket successfully. I know, It's always like you get some in the bucket, but a lot more in the sides. Yeah, it's always like you might as well have not had a bucket and just used your outfit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you might have tried you might as well try to throw up in your pocket. It would have <laughs> <laughs> But then uh, he hits a red light and the bucket just goes flying off <laughs> Yeah, and at this point, you're like, okay, the logical thing is turn the car around, but what every dad does is leave, going the, to Ireland. <laughs> leave the car in the airport parking lot for two weeks and let that shit marinate. He didn't come to Ireland with us, actually. Maybe he <laughs> <laughs> didn't buy a ticket, maybe he had to deal with the car, who's to say? I think that's the ideal dad vacation, is just dropping everyone off. That's, yeah, my dad has gone on vacation with us maybe three times. Yeah. Every other vacation, he's like, oh, oh, hold down the fort. Do you remember when this puke bucket vacation was? Uh, Probably like March 17th, 2019 is when you you were gone? <laughs> My birthday last year. Oh, no, the day of COVID starting. Oh. I was doing a joke where you guys did international travel. That we started <laughs> That my family's patient zero? No, we're way too healthy for that. Ah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just so, it's so funny looking at the way uh, rich guys vacation. Yeah. I'm all about like just going somewhere and doing things for as cheap as I can and leaving in two days. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about like, like the way I vacation is the same way I live in my city is like I just go for walks and stuff. But like yeah. vacations are like you go for walks around nicer trees for so. us. And then like, but vacation for like these rich guys in this movie is like one of them becomes the sheriff. One of them like shoots eight people. And they're like, this is the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> they're like, we get to see how the other half lives. And I mean, the guy who goes on vacation just to shoot eight people, like, that's upsetting. But even more upsetting in my mind is the guy who goes on vacation to be a sheriff. Yeah. The guy who goes on vacation to do a job. Yeah. Well, what's fucked up to me about that is, like, you can't just become a sheriff. Like, you can't just show up to the town and you're the sheriff. Like, you have to work your way through being, like, you have to work your way up the ranks of the police department. I like to imagine he was just on a waiting list. Like, you can pay, like, you know how, like, you go to a hotel, you have, like, the regular suite, or you have, like, the fucking executive presidential package? Yeah. I feel like being the sheriff is, like, the presidential package in Westworld. Like, there's a long-ass <laughs> waiting list. you got to pay a premium. <laughs> but if you, you, you pay it, then you get to uh, be in charge of everybody else's vacation. And I think that there's a certain dude that would really appeal to. <laughs> I feel like... 
the sheriff thing is the exact same way it works in real life, where you have to spend like eleven years as a beat cop in Westworld, and then once you've like made enough busts, given out enough tickets, the community is finally like, we're all gonna vote for him, and then he can be sheriff. And uh, yeah, I think it took that guy like fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> this is his career, with yeah. being a fake sheriff. Yeah, I think it uh, for two weeks. He 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 says he just got sucked in. You know, uh, I also. I think this movie showed that like the difference between rich and poor vacation. Like I feel like I feel like poor people go on vacation to pretend to be rich and rich people go on vacation to pretend to be poor. Yes, you're absolutely right. I know I had like so many friends growing up who I knew that they couldn't fucking afford lunch, but they were like going to Hawaii on like family vacations every single winter. Yeah. And uh it's like yeah, they're like you were saying, they're trying to be rich. And then I also know fucking rich people who just, like, pay a premium to go turn butter and, like, pick up shit on farms. Yeah, See yeah. what that's like. <laughs> yeah, people will go to, like, an orchard and just pick apples yeah, for weeks. <laughs> I did that. You pay for an entry fee, and then you pay for the apples you picked. It's like, should, uh, shouldn't you be paying me? <laughs> no, man, that's just a grocery store that's tricked you. Yeah, okay, so... This movie's like interesting in that it does some things very well and then a lot of other aspects suck shit. It's like you can really tell like this was a guy's I don't even know if this was his first movie. It felt like it was his first movie. It yeah. Felt like it was a guy who like could tell a story but like didn't know exactly how to put all that shit together yet. Really felt like an author jumping into the movie pool like like yes. with no life jacket. Yes. <laughs> because there were like like parts of it that I really liked. I liked the aesthetics of everything. Uh I mean, I like the idea of a Westworld. I think that's so much fun, like, getting to, you know, uh, go into, like, some area where nothing you do counts and you can just, you know, be a fucking maniac. That's a fun idea for a movie. But, like, as you start thinking about that more, like, the more it just, like, falls apart. I mean, uh, maybe not plot holes, but, I mean, like, they definitely have missed opportunities. Like, you, like at the beginning of the movie, they establish you can tell whether a person's a robot or a real person by looking at their hand. Yeah, and then the main characters decide that their way of telling people is that they're going to shoot them with a gun. Yeah, so that's, like, explained. Like, <laughs> they literally drill that into your brain for the first ten minutes. Like, five different people say, oh, you do it by checking the how their hand looks. And yeah. then it just never comes back. Yeah, they literally land in Westworld, and uh, the main character's friend is like i got a different way uh it turns out you can't shoot a person and then he just starts murdering and it works pretty good um my the other thing that uh, falls apart when you start thinking about it is the fact that they have prostitutes at westworld yeah yeah it's fucked up that they have robot prostitutes because uh, like why wouldn't you just have videos of real people having sex why wouldn't you just have porn yes at westworld exactly thank you <laughs> i'd like to pay a thousand dollars a day to go beat off in the old west or but maybe you could make the argument that beating off's not better than fucking which i never personally would do but some some might out there i can't think of a better alternative to fucking a robot though no like, me if, neither if I'm you have saying. a group full of guys that want to fuck in your vacation destination probably the most e most ethical way to get them to fuck is with robots and i agree with that i'm just saying they never explain who scoops out the cum and then all the robots are going haywire so you uh, put two and two together the cum drove the robots crazy i'm just saying they're not perfect but they are trying their best <laughs> for us at, at the delos corporation uh and then the other it, i guess it's not really a plot hole it's just i was vaguely disappointed when this happened but like 
uh, when they show up at Westworld, they mention how nothing can hurt them, and then they just get like get hammered, and like the fucking liquor's like hurting their throats, and yeah, yeah, that just bummed me out. One man. shot of liquor that bummed me. Out. I was really hoping he was like nothing can hurt you. I was like nothing, eh? Yeah. And then just like pictured myself like drinking without fear of uh, alcohol poisoning. Yeah, that's what I would do if that's like, what I would do. If someone told me nothing could hurt me, I would. St- do the same thing I did in junior high, which is mix every liquor I could find together in a cup. Yes. And that's why I'd like <laughs> to pitch to you back alley world where nothing happened, nothing you do counts, and you can smoke rock. Yeah. I'd like to pitch to you my mom's basement world. It's the same, but my mom's like one of those toxic parents who's just super nice about anything I do, so we can smoke meth in there. That's pretty chill of her. I always loved those moms where it's just like, as long as it's under my roof, man, I, I would rather you smoke weed here than do meth in the backyard. There is no easier way to give me a panic attack than letting me smoke weed with your mom, dude. <laughs> because I had some friends like that where their moms were like, oh, yeah, let's drink together. Or, oh, I'll roll one up for us. But then it's always like as soon as you start. Uh, taking substances into your body all you can think about is uh how sad the situation you're in right now is no i'm with you and it is drink what kind of four-year-old woman finds some 17 year olds and is like these guys are they're on my wavelength every time i get a a buzz on my peers (laughs) every time i would get a buzz on next to one of my friend's moms i would be like why is she doing this to herself (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i remember like I went over to my friend's house, and uh, her parents were, like, cool with us smoking weed, which was fucking weird because it was illegal at the time. Yeah. And uh, so we were like, is it cool if we all go smoke some weed? Like, I was asking her. And then she's like, yes, my mom just wants to roll the joints for us. That was, like, the stipulation. The mom wanted to feel involved. It's like, no, I know how to roll my own joints. (laughs) Listen, you know I'm the cool mom. And as such, I will be forcing you to let me roll all of your joints. (laughs) Something that a cool person would do. That's what I love about cool parents is they always try to be, like, so cool that it ends in them being fucking nerdy as hell. exactly. (laughs) I remember... Okay, I'm going to tell you this, probably a story that I'm going to have to cut out. And so anyway, in Westworld. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you want to talk about Yule Brenner? Yeah. When we announced we were doing this movie, everybody was like, oh my God, Yule Brenner. Oh my God. Oh my God. So badass. Yule Brenner. He scared me. He is so tough. I thought he was a cowboy and I thought he was a robot. If Yule Brenner shot a gun at me, I would be scared, but not because of the gun, because of how scary a man he is. That's what everyone said. Yule Brenner. Everybody thought he was so badass. I don't get it, bitch. I don't understand your take on that. He's He's, just a guy. He's just a guy who doesn't really blink a ton in this movie. (laughs) He doesn't say anything. How can you be badass? He has two lines and he looks mean. It's like, have you seen either me or Brad? We also don't say a lot and look mean. I think we could have done as good of a job. Nobody calls us badasses, dude. Yes. Like, you you look mean and say nothing at a bar. Everyone's like, oh, I think Kian's probably having a bad day. No one's like, Kian's probably a badass. I don't know. I, I think people do think I'm a badass, or they think <laughs> I think I'm... not what they think. They go, Brad, can you do some outreach to Kian? Because I'm scared he <laughs> might bite me if I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like Yul, Bre- Yul Brynner's like a pussy in this. He's just like not... No, and it's also not like he does a, you know, like... Uh, it's not He doesn't do a bad job in this. He it's just, just does a fine job, and it do- isn't... Everyone told us he was going to be more badass than he ended up being. He was just there. And that's why it's shocking 
how little cool shit he did. He just looks mean. He he stalks the protagonist through the movie for a little bit. They shoot him dead like three times until he ends up killing his fucking pal. And then they just have like he hunts. the. It's like, just, I don't know. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's fine. A, he's, he's a robot. Dude. It could have it's been played badass. by a blank wall, and I would have thought it was fine, too. Yeah, how I went into this movie versus how I felt after, like, about Ewell Brenner, that's how I imagine a kid felt, like, if Ant-Man was the first superhero movie they ever saw. They're and like, it, oh, I'm about to see a superhero beat the shit out of all the bad guys and win the war, and then it's Ant-Man, and all his, <laughs> all he does is shrink. <laughs> he also gets going fast or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I feel. You, you know what I mean? Maybe it's not fully accurate. I haven't seen Ant-Man, but that's how I imagine it. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. It's just like, it'd be like if you watched... I don't know. It's just like this, this. Ewell Brenner's character in this literally inspired every unstoppable silent protagonist you can think of. He yeah. inspired Michael Myers. He inspired the Terminator. He talks. He I just inspired... don't think those are cool, though. Like, I just don't think. I it... think they were all cool after the fact, or I think that they were cool. Like, I like Michael Myers in Halloween because he wears a mask. You, you know, know? That... Ewell Brenner could have been wearing a cool mask. You know, what I, think I wouldn't cool? have known plotting, lying and scheming. Yul Brynner does not even one of those at all in this whole movie. Neither does the Terminator, and neither does that other guy. I will agree with you on that. All my favorite villains are Iago and Littlefinger. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't think guy silently chasing you is intimidating, because in my heart, I feel like if someone was silently chasing me, I could just easily outsmart them and win. No, I agree and with you. And that's what happens in every movie. So. And, and in this movie, I several times. Right. <laughs> while, while the protagonist is being chased by Ewell Brenner, he, like, literally kills him. Yeah. Or is about to kill him. He, like, throws acid in his face. He lights him on fire. And then he just, like, walks away. Instead yeah. of, like, dealing a finishing blow, he just, they, like, turns around yeah. and leaves. Maybe because we were bitching about how, like he wouldn't run away every time he got so close to killing him. Maybe he was just that confident in himself. He was like, yeah, I've killed this robot three times and maimed it eight. I don't really need to be too worried. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's why he was walking everywhere. I think this is a movie about a man getting more and more leisurely as the attempt on his life drags on. Yes. But we're, uh, I, I, to, to relate this back to something else we were talking about earlier, I felt like uh, I said before, the first hour of this movie was solid. This yeah. is where it falls apart in my eyes. Yeah. It's during scene. the last how- half hour. Ewell Brenner shoots the guy's best friend. He's hunting down the main character and they try and do like, like you can tell that the directors or Michael Crichton's like trying to make this really suspenseful. And he does in parts. Like, I thought the canyon sequence where uh, the main character was, like, lining up a shot on Ewell Brenner was vaguely suspenseful. But and then, like, just nothing happens. There's, like, no payoff. Nobody really gets closer to killing the other guy. And then it just drags on for literally a half hour. Yeah. It's like the director it's thought like... that, like, making something long was the same as making it tense. And it's like, no, you just made it long. Yeah, everyone's like, the character's badass, but it gets it just gets no suspense at the end. And it's like, yeah, you know what could have added some fucking suspense is making him say words. Yeah. 
Make them uh, have a face. Yeah, maybe make them have like a little uh, conversation. Or wh- what about uh, taking the bottom half of his face off like they do on the fucking poster? <laughs> that looks so cool and you never see him like that. Yeah, we basically don't like this movie. I loved the first hour of this movie. I thought it was excellent. That's I love the idea says. of Westworld. I love that concept. It reminds me of going to a play place when I was a kid and how there would be no rules there. Everyone says they love the first hour of this movie, but then when you talk to them about this movie, they really only like the concept of going on vacation to shoot a guy. <laughs> like that's all I think that's all y- people who like this movie actually like is the idea of Westworld. Yeah, I don't I, think they like this movie. I agree with that. When I that was the only reason I got stoked on this movie was because I loved the idea of Westworld, and then I fell asleep in the last half hour, and I was like, "This movie ruled." I stand by the first hour and the premise. Uh, I really want to watch the HBO series after this now, just because I like want to sit in the universe of Westworld a little bit more. Yeah, you know what I would love is seven more hours where Yul Brynner doesn't say a fucking word. Well, I you're gonna love the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mad about this now. I just <laughs> so um fucking yeah. Michael Crichton uh, directed this bad boy. He also wrote the book for Jurassic Park, and then they didn't let him direct that. Steven Spielberg directed that, uh, which is obvious. Yeah, it's a way better movie. Yeah, it's a way way better movie, and it, you can tell it's just like it fixed like literally all the bullshit that was in Westworld. Yeah, like, it took everything good and removed all the bad. Yeah. Take switch out Yule Brenner for a T Rex. Good movie done. Yeah, you got a blockbuster. That's ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If I've ever seen one, <laughs> it still takes place in Westworld. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, still old West. Th- I think I would like that more. A T Rex like, chasing two cowboys through the saloon. Or yeah, it's like welcome to Westworld, the authentic cowboy experience. And there's just Velociraptors. <laughs> 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 there is no way of knowing if there was dinosaurs in cowboy times. I've been I've seen a couple museums that might say there were. Yep. No one was alive today to tell us that there wasn't <laughs> dinosaurs around. So there's no way of knowing. I think this movie mostly taught our parents to value profit over people. That was a very key part with the scientists when uh they realized all the robots were fucking up. They were like, "Eh, whatever." Yeah. Let's not tell anybody. They were like, yeah, we don't know how to fix it, so let's just not even try. Do you know how much fucking try. money it's going to cost to fix that? Yeah. And I don't even know how to fix it, <laughs> by the way. That's like what oil spills are. Yeah, that really is. They just like put a fucking net up and hope people forget <laughs> about it eventually. You know how fucking hard it is to get liquid out of other liquid? I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> you think our parents learned anything else? Um... Yeah, but it's covered in the shit audio. Yeah, it is covered in the shit audio. And like I said before, folks, that shit audio is a good-ass episode. There's strong bits in there. If you like this nonsense, you'll love that nonsense, uh, despite how horrible it sounds. On your ears. Thank you so much for listening to this, though. Just a smattering of our main points. We got more points. It was a good episode, so uh, stay tuned, and here it comes. Thank you to Comedy Here Often. Thank you to you, the listener. Please tell your friends about our podcast. Yeah, man. Tune in next week where it'll be a regular episode with good sound quality. We'll see about that. No, I'm promising. (laughs) But after the robots malfunction and start killing people, their vacation turns into a bit of a nightmare, and they're forced to survive. 
And that's what the future always is in movies. Yes. <laughs> it's just a fever dream of that a guy had. Yes, where it turns out uh, the past wasn't so bad after all. I mean, like, how much more futuristic is society in the movie compared to how it was when the movie came out? Well, like, Brad, they have fully no- functioning cyborgs so it's <laughs> that are unidentifiable from regular humans. So, yeah, they're pretty fucking advanced. In this but they movie. only have, like, six. They're, like, two years ahead. So, if you want to make it advance, make it an army of cyborgs. That's what I say. They had a couple. This movie, they had an army off screen. This movie's budget just wasn't <laughs> big enough for you to see that army. Yeah, well, in the future that I predict, all movies have enough funding to make them how they're supposed to be. Well, that's an unrealistic future. Making movies is all about fixing shit and being poor. <laughs> uh, I just like the customer testimonials they have off the top. Because like, that's how the movie starts. It's just like filming customer testimonials. It's like a guy walking out of the Delos Corp. And he's like, I killed six men. I mean, I they were robots. Yeah. he's It's like just a guy that's like a... It seems like he didn't know he was on TV. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just, like, realized there was cameras And he there. just, like, self-snitched and tried to, like, back out of it, back up out of it. Yeah. Um, and then I like the other guy who, he's like, how was your vacation? He's like, I became the sheriff for two weeks. It's like, you paid $14,000 to do a job? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because we didn't establish that it's $1,000 a day. Yes, it's $1,000 a day. Also, this guy didn't just walk on and become the sheriff. He obviously had to work to become the sheriff. Like, to become a sheriff, you have to, like, that's a political job. Like, you got to canvas a lot. You got to, like, get elected. You have to run a whole campaign. So what, do you think that he actually (laughs) paid for three weeks? (laughs) The first week was, like, trying to set up his bid for office? I think this man's vacation got out of hand. He went to Westworld for a three-week thing, and he ended up there for 15 years because he couldn't let himself leave before becoming the sheriff i like to imagine there's just like a fancy sheriff's package that they sell to like the extra rich losers who come out (laughs) and there has to be like a long ass waiting list because you know there can only be one sheriff in the town at once yeah and this guy waited years to be uh, in charge of everyone else on their vacations and uh yeah it, it was his dream yeah it's funny that like this vaca this uh vacation is just like rich people going to do a harder life than theirs is yeah and like that's an insane (laughs) have you noticed that that's like a genre of rich guy vacation where they just like pay an exorbitant fee and like go to a fucking farm and like milk cows and churn butter (laughs) yeah they like people will pay like 15 grand to go on a safari and it's like you could just live outside yo yeah you could just go and survive (laughs) for free (laughs) just pitch a tent and get attacked by lions like so easily (laughs) you know those lions aren't even getting a taste of that money they don't they don't know that you're paying. They'll just attack you, bro. Yeah, do something for the environment. Pitch a tent in the wilderness and throw money at lions. Yeah. It reminds me, I, I went on, like, uh, when I was, like, young, we'd go to BC to go camping, and there's, like, fruit orchards there where you can pay money to go pick all your own shit. Yeah. And then you pay money to go in and, like, pick it, and then you pay money for what you pick. So they're really just, <laughs> it's a genius business model. It's a grocery store with an entrance fee, bro. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, let me pay $10. Now I get to see what it's like to be a migrant worker. This is, what a vacation. Yeah. That's so funny. As soon as you pay your $10, they spray you with pesticides. Yeah. (laughs) 
They pay ten dollars, and I'm allowed to sleep in one of the trailers that they divvy up for twenty dudes to sleep in. Okay, that'll be ten dollars. Thank you very much. And now take off your shoes and go stand in that pool of chemicals. <laughs> Welcome agree. to working for Monsanto. Yeah, the vacation. One more weird ass fucking rich guy vacation I heard about. I was listening to this American Life episode, and it was all about. Um, you think you're better than me because you listen to podcasts? I was listening to NPR on the radio. And, you know uh, what podcast I listen to? This one? Yep, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an artist, hyper-focused on my art. Um, but I saw there, there, it, they, they were like, uh, they had this episode where they sent a journalist to Mexico, and they were covering um, like the guys who would do border crossings, like yeah. illegal border crossings. And now they're, it's like a thing where like companies will like go out and like take their all their employees like like Silicon Valley tech companies will like go out to Mexico and be like all right guys you ready to cross the border and then they'll like get fucking you know all the IT guys together and like put bags over their heads <laughs> while they like do a mock border crossing this doesn't sound real it's to me. real dude what I company did you hear about that did I don't, this Microsoft I don't fucking know <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get DMCA'd so fast now. 30 lawyers just showed up at my apartment with lit torches they're gonna but burn it down i will say that's a thing that i heard about and i will not <laughs> cite where i heard about it from on this show <laughs> that's such a funny corporate retreat so uh, but i feel like that's like a lot of what vacations are because in this movie they're even if you're not going to be the sheriff the three options are you can be in the roman empire you can be in the british empire or you can be in the u.s empire yeah, like why is vacations just genocide reenactments why is it only falling <laughs> empires that's what you pointed out like why aren't they just somewhere where it's you know they're crushing it well they keep describing the wars that the countries you're going to are currently in yeah and it's all wars that those countries won <laughs> and it's like so what like and I feel like that's a lot of, like, what school trips used to be, too. Like, we would just go to a museum, and then a lady's job would be to smile at us while she explained a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, sometimes your life, sometimes you're born so rich that you have to buy PTSD. And I think that's what rich vacations are. I do think that's what rich vacations are. I think that's a very, because I, did you ever get that sense when you were, like, living in your, because I, when I was, like, living with my parents in their beautiful two-story home in the suburbs, I sometimes felt like I uh, didn't have enough hardship going on in my life. Yeah, sometimes. Maybe I could have used a a rich person's vacation. Yeah, that's why I moved out with $1,000 and nothing else, because I thought to myself, I need some hardship. Yeah, you and I did the same thing, and it is pointless. Yeah. There's any listeners listening to this. It turns out having an easy life, way better. It slaps. (laughs) I'm doing everything I can right now to have an easy life again. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's why we should have just went on vacations like this, so we could have like pretended to throw the easiness away instead of just actually throwing it yeah. away. Yeah, and that's like uh, that they that they, that even comes up like pretty early on in the movie. Like they're you know checking into like the Westworld hotel, and the guy's just like, "This is kind of fucking shitty." And the other guy's like, yeah, it's exactly how it was in the Old West. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, if I'm paying $1,000 a day, why not give me a luxury condo and also have everything as it was in the Old West? Yeah, why do they have to make it so shitty, dude? Why give give me a fucking kitchenette, at least. These guys were, like, going down and having to have dinner with all the cyborgs who were also staying at the hotel with them. Yeah, it's so fucked up. <laughs> they just have to make it, like... They have to make it realistic hardship. Like, uh, I think Westworld is the same concept as, like, my idea for the camps we're going to send the robots to when they get too smart. <laughs> we're just going to say that's a vacation and trap them there. 
I don't know about camps. I don't know about rounding anyone up and setting I'm, up the camps. I'm deliberately choosing my words. <laughs> 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 We're gonna. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel. I I also couldn't tell though if everyone who was going to Westworld was rich. Like, what about if the director's interpretation was that in futuristic 1983, $1,000 is no money? At yeah, all? he thought that inflation, there was a lot of stuff <laughs> he didn't get into, but he thought inflation was going to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he predicted hyperinflation and nothing else. <laughs> Michael Crichton's a genius. <laughs> yeah, they're all like... It's weird that they're all vacation spots where you get to go to a different empire of past. Like, yeah. it's like, why not? Why would you not just stay in America? Then? Why not just fucking go to France, bro? Go to England. No, just stay in America, dude, because it's that's still an empire. And the only difference is your ass doesn't smell like shit from where you're standing. And you get to watch it fall. Like still. the common denominator of the Wild West, ancient Rome and whatever else is everyone always smelled like ass. And that's it. Do you think he worked better? backwards from that like he, it was just a whiteboard and he, it was like poo smell and he circles that and he's like what the fuck <laughs> no i <What> think next <laughs> i don't know i just don't understand the thought process of being like i want everything to be exactly the same except no one showers hardship bro it, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to he's trying to it's it's artificial hardship imagine how much easier the old west would have been if everyone was smelling good and showered why do you think there are so many duels? You get grumpy when you don't. I get grumpy when I don't shower. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. You think that the Wild West would have just been the West if everyone was showering? I know it would have been. It would have been way less wild? Yeah, just the West. <laughs> Not even the West. It's just a direction once everyone starts showering. <laughs> everyone starts showering and all of a sudden there's skyscrapers in Baton Rouge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked... I, I mean, like... It's easy to shit on, like, who the fuck would want to go, you know, do this. But, like, it's kind of fucking sick at the end of the day. Like, it, it, watching, like, looking at Westworld, it kind of gave me, like, the same feeling as, like, going to a play place when you were a kid. Yeah. You know, like, you just walk in and you're like, there's no rules. I can fucking kill that guy. I can, you know, push him down the slide. There's no rules. I never had that feeling in the McDonald's play place. You really? used to walk into the McDonald's play place and think this is the purge. You walk into those tubes, no mom can see you. You're just like walking. You never had this experience was... of like walking through McDonald's and every time you hit like where two tubes connect, it's just you get in a fist fight with a kid. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> when I was in the McDonald's play place, I was trying to have a good time with everybody. That is the spirit of McDonald's. I disagree. I think the spirit of McDonald's is eating until you hate yourself, and if you're allowed in the play place, to try and fight a kid. When you get hired at McDonald's, they tell you the most important thing is that every guest leaves with a smile. And as a kid, I was just helping them. <laughs> by not beating up other kids in the play place. I loved it, man. I used to give every other kid ten dollars. Really? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, don't know. There's it like... is kind of a sick vacation, but like who I guess I can I just don't understand the concept of it because I feel like I can think of like four hundred other cheaper, easier vacations that would be the exact same. I think the problem here is that the people who go to Westworld uh, for vacation are cowards for the most part. Like these are people who want to do things that they just feel like they can't for whatever reason. Yeah, they um, want to just play a video game. Exactly, and I think that you're willing to kill people for real. 
So that's why I don't think that you see a point in Westworld. Fair you're enough. To just <laughs> <laughs> you're willing to because do it. You know, you don't need to fucking have a robot to kill. You don't. Whatever. Yeah, because the whole time I was watching them go to Westworld, I was just thinking to myself, like, if you want to go to a place where everyone chews tobacco and smells bad and has a gun, you could drive through any small town in America, probably. Yeah, but they don't want that. They want a place where they can shoot people and do weird stuff to the robo-prostitutes they have there. I guess. I guess this movie is just about what happens when video games weren't invented yet. Yeah, more or less. It's Yeah, what if there was no consequences and VR isn't a thing yet? Hmm. And that's what that is. Yeah. But then, like, I have a problem with how it was portrayed because, like, there was no, like, 14-year-old saying slurs. That's what this was missing? A 14-year-old <laughs> who was just, like, sniping everybody? <laughs> if that's the allegory you're going for, Yule Brynner should have been 12 and better than everybody. Yeah, you're. that actually would have been a way better movie. Yule <laughs> being 12 and calling everyone slurs? Yeah, that would have been better. 12 years old, quick-scoping everybody? He's got, like, weird camo on his yeah. rifle? <laughs> yeah, he's got a golden gun. <laughs> Man, he gets, like, shoot-through wall hacks or something because he's a robot? Yeah, he's got some legendary skin on He's dressed like a knight in Westworld. The progressive re-release of this movie is that. The progressive re-release of this movie is Jurassic Park, and we both know that. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know that because I haven't seen Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, this this movie is, like, I love the idea of Westworld, but, like, there's so many goddamn issues with it, and the more you start thinking about it, the, like the more it kind of starts to fall apart, I feel like. Yeah, like, I feel like the way it's advertised in the movie is... It's falsely advertised because okay, they dig this. No. <laughs> what if I start saying that on the on the podcast? Then I'm not doing this podcast anymore. Tell me what po- your idea you're pitching. To. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Thank you. Can you dig this? And <laughs> 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 fuck. Um I feel like it's false advertising because they keep harping on how like nothing's real and there's no way to get hurt here, right? They land, they go to a saloon. The first thing his friend says is there's no way to get hurt here. The first thing he does is take a shot of whiskey and choke on it immediately. Fair point. Good point. <laughs> there's no way to get hurt here unless you're a huge fucking bitch coward that who doesn't drink whiskey. Because then like what's the point of going to Westworld? Because for <laughs> me, I would have just been like drinking to excess and never being hungover. And yeah. that was when I was thinking in my head, like, what kind of world would I like? What would be my West World? And that's where I decided on Back Alley World, where you get to smoke rock. <laughs> my and West World it. is a safe injection site. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, your West World is real. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> oh, God damn. Because can I tell you my biggest issue? Yeah. Uh, like 20 minutes into this movie, they show up at a brothel. Yeah. And I was shocked it only took him 20 minutes to show up. <laughs> but then, like, so all the, like, the prostitutes there, they're robots, right? Yeah. You can assume that, like, the main reason you'd want to have sex with a robot <laughs> is to dump inside of it. Because it's not a lady, it can't get pregnant. I don't have to explain that to you. <laughs> I think you do have to explain it to me because that's not even in the top five now, reasons you, let why me, I want to Let me riddle you this, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who's scooping the loads out of the robots where does that go 
Is there some sort of reservoir inside of it? Is it? Do you dump in there and then is it like the dentist tube that they stick inside well, and it sucks it all up? This is what the movie Reservoir Dogs was about. <laughs> yeah, that movie is gross. <laughs> We're not doing that ever on this show. That's why all the robots malfunction because they were so full of cum that they like started killing people. They started getting mad. They were like, why the fuck does this keep happening to me? Everybody knows that moisture can fry a circuit board. It was only a matter of time. So that's what I think happened. That's my Westworld fan theory for you. Yeah, that is a good question. Like, what scoops the loads out of the robot? What happens to the loads? Because you are, you're maybe overgeneralizing a bit here. Maybe the robots pee it out. Maybe. Sure. Okay. But no, they don't, because there was a scene at the end of the movie where they tried to feed the robot water and it fucks it up. Hmm. Well, then that just seems... So this is only reinforcing my theory right now that it's the loads that turned the robots evil. Interesting. That's going to be a hot take for the fucking listeners, dude. <laughs> if they don't sign up for our Patreon after that opinion, they never will. Um, I think that this movie had a really... Maybe unintentional, I can't tell, but a really funny portrayal of the way Americans act on vacation. How so? Like, they land and then shoot the sheriff of the town 30 minutes into oh, yeah, their no, vacation. Yeah. Like, right. I feel like Americans behave that's such a funny metaphor for the reason why when they go to Mexico, every American pretends to be a Canadian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also why they're all on no-fly lists right now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then so he shoots the he shoots and murders somebody, and then he gets starts getting confused about if he uh, shot a real person or not. He starts getting paranoid, and his friends like, "Come on, man, let just forget about it. You don't actually think you could have possibly shot a real you guy? Stupid idiot! <laughs> and that's his only reason is just like he has a feeling that yeah. <laughs> that his you friend really probably think wouldn't they would have let you just shoot a guy." <laughs> Yeah, this movie taught our parents you can treat anyone however you want and then pretend they're a robot and it's fine. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's why, yeah. I mean, that's why Americans pretend they're Canadians on vacation, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about, like, the first Yul Brenner scene that he pops up in. Like you were saying before, the main characters are drinking and choking on their uh, liquor at the bar. And then Yul Brenner just, like, I forget what he says, but he shits on him. Yeah. And then the guy... May, he, what he does is he walks by him elbows him makes him spill his drink and then he goes you're kind of a klutz with the drink eh?" yeah and uh i thought that was a good own personally yeah, it was a strong own and then uh yeah and then the main character shoots him which implies that like yul brenner's robot is just like a tough guy to make you feel good about yourself i love that they programmed <laughs> that and it's like you can assume these are pretty big fucking losers who are coming to Westworld, so let's uh, let them, let's let them win a fight. Yeah, dude, I don't even need to fucking LARP on my vacation, honestly. As long as somebody lets me beat them up, that's <laughs> that's five stars to me. <laughs> if I could go to a resort that was just populated with a bunch of guys weaker than me who would cry easier, I think that's probably the perfect vacation. Well, that's Westworld, baby. Yeah, I mean, for now. Yeah, you're until they start busting. You want like <laughs> busting? <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I don't know. Have you ever had dudes like fuck with you the same way you will Brenner did? And like, uh, you ever have like dudes try and big dog you at the bar? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't really tell, dude. Because I I get what you're saying, but like, finish that thought. 
like I don't know the way I feel like people are doing it to me a lot, but I'm also so paranoid about everything and like uh, not comfortable with myself that I also think that probably I'm just reading into it every yes. time. So like I feel like if a guy did do what Yul Brynner did to me, I would probably just like. I don't even know what I would... I would just never look that way. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I would do. Like, I've definitely had dudes, like... I don't know. Like, I felt dudes be hostile towards me at bars. And, like, at concerts, I've had dudes try and fight me and stuff. Yeah. But it's just, like, I don't care. I don't... This is stupid. I feel like I'm the hostile one, usually. Uh, you only look hostile. You look yeah. mean, but you keep to yourself, so they can't do anything about that. Yeah, that's fair. You invite them <laughs> to start something. That's how you are. Yeah, if Yul Brynner tried to fucking bump me and call me a pussy, what I would do is just uh, never invite him with my eyes. <laughs> uh, people underestimate how far you can get just by ignoring people with your eyes. Yeah, it Will, works every time. One time Will said to me, he's like, sometimes you look at me and I think, and I wonder, am I real? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of power in your eyes, bro. You just you got to learn how to wield them. And for you, I don't even think you had to learn how to wield them because they're just the. You don't even have like whites of your eyes; they're just all black. Oh, I just I had to learn how to do an appropriate amount of eye contact. <laughs> I remember my dad would like come in and yell at me for getting two percent on a math test or whatever, and he would be you know screaming at me and yelling, Dada, "You got a biz study, Dada, about our- Wait, are you about to? Did your dad do the thing too, where you'd just be looking at him, listening, and he'd be like, "Don't fucking look at me like yeah. that." So he'd be like, "Stop doing that dead eye thing you always do." <laughs> what thing I always do? <laughs> That's so and good. So then when he started yelling at me, I stopped listening to what he would say, and I would just be like, "I." Contact, eye contact, eye contact, <laughs> over here for a minute, forehead, nose, back to the eyes, okay? <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Yeah, I would get don't look at me like that all the time, too. And I never knew what it meant. Me neither! Until, like, literally right now. I can't see how I'm looking at you. I thought eye contact was appropriate and respectful. <laughs> yeah, my dad was a big, like, respect guy. So first it was look me in the eyes when I talk to you, and then it was you're looking me way too much in the eyes. Yeah, that was the least I've ever felt like I've had a handle on social interaction. <laughs> like, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm getting pretty good at talking to people. And then your dad's like, stop looking at me! And you're like, oh, I, I do not know how to do this, actually. <laughs> Man, yeah, I... I feel like I can talk to anyone, but then when I was a kid, anytime my dad would come home from work, I would feel like I was the dog of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Just not fully understanding any command. <laughs> and you're looking at him like... Sit, right? S- sit. Please just give me a hot dog, sir. Please. <laughs> yeah, and my d- I would always get don't talk back to me, too, when I was answering a question. Yeah, that's a tough one, too. What do you say? Yes, sir? Nod? People are like, who the fuck do you think you are? And then you're like, I don't know. I just didn't want to do that. And then, don't talk back to me. Don't talk back to me. <laughs> I can't wait to have kids, man. <laughs> Being a kid is just living in a paradox, like, but hoping to not get hit about it. <laughs> yeah, it's about not knowing what's going on and just trying to like dodge constant curveballs. Everyone's mad at you for not knowing what's going on and they refuse to tell you what's going yes. on. <laughs> you don't know why they're mad, they don't know why they're mad, and you're eight. Well, you're being a kid. <laughs> oh, man. If anyone thinks that our childhoods were different than normal, let us know and we'll go to therapy. I love that. I love, uh, t- I love talking about my parents and just people like people looking at me concerned. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is different to your experience? <laughs> Literally every time I tell a childhood story, I laugh and the other person cries. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, yeah, okay, so after they shoot Yule... Yes, um, he gets dragged off to like a robot repair lab. Oh, that's what you're on? Well, I just wanted to mention that that's like the kind of the key part is uh, they get taken to the robot repair lab and the scientists are like, oh, another one malfunctioned. That's the second time this week. Let's do nothing about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another malfunction that has never happened before. Okay. Weird. So, the guest list, it's full. <laughs> that's, I feel like that's what board meetings are, man. You go, like, if I feel like in Nike, every boardroom is just, like, one kind of younger guy being like, hey, so they just posted, like, a bunch of pictures of our sweatshop on Twitter. Should we do something? And then everybody else being like, new colorway just dropped. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's uh, they go to the brothel. Well, I, I also just wanted to mention the, uh, that while they're doing like checking out all the repair stuff, yeah. um, one of like the smaller scientists asks, asks the main scientist. He's like, oh, okay, "How do we fix it?" Uh, main guy's like, ah. "These yeah. robots were designed by other robots." <laughs> they t- they're talking about the malfunction, and he's like, one of the scientists to the main scientist boss guy goes. Uh, so how are we going to fix this? And he's like, well, these are very highly complex computers, in some cases designed by other computers, and we don't even fully know how they work. I love that. That's 30 years away from the, our next big fucking tech apocalypse. I just think that's every technology that's ever been invented. Yeah, to an extent, but now we actually have AI. We've just invented a guy to invent stuff for us now. That's going to be <laughs> fucked later on, bro. Yeah, that's Once true. he invents another guy to invent stuff for him? It's tr- you're right that AI is like poised to take over probably, but I feel like I just don't believe that. Do you ever feel that way? Like I just feel like in my head I have the feeling of if a robot ever tried to kill me, good fucking luck, bitch. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways. I feel like that with a lot of things. Like when COVID started happening and everyone was freaking out, I was scared for a second and I was like, oh, I'm not going to get sick. Yeah, and, and now look at you. I didn't worry about it again. Look at you. You didn't no get way. sick at all, you even once. this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I feel terrible. <laughs> anyway, probably bad that we recorded this one in person. <laughs> um. We record this one in person, and then we both die. <laughs> Yule Brenner gets repaired, and then, like, the next two days, he just, like, keeps showing up and, like, trying to kill them, but then they just, like, kill him again, and they're like, oh, not again. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, okay, I want to talk about the brothel, though, because I didn't do enough. I have brothel things. We're going back to the brothel. Brad's horny. Um. Okay, so they're in the, they go to the brothel after, is it after they shoot him? Um, yeah, it is after they shoot him. Yeah, so after they shoot old Yule, they go to a brothel. Um, we talked about it a little before, and they meet some uh, two lovely ladies of the evening, and they can't figure out if they're robots or not. This yes. is still in the part of the movie where they don't have a method, and uh, the, it doesn't like occur to them that the two hot babes trying to have sex with them right now, immediately without knowing anything about them, could possibly. I love not that be real. they were like, obviously, everything else is a robot. But that girl likes me. Yeah. And like, I don't think a robot could do that. That's what. That's how dudes get catfished. <laughs> that is how dudes get catfished. Like this that's how dudes fall in love with strippers. It's literally that same thought process. <laughs> yeah. I get that she's at work, but I think she might like me. Man, the funniest, uh, like, I think the per- the perfect way to 
judge the psyche of men is how they convince themselves the guy they shot was a robot, but the uh, r- people they're about to fuck are real. Yeah, bro, that <laughs> is dudes <laughs> just bending reality to their whim yeah 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 and it's just all like whatever their hunch was Humper, right. that's definitely a real person i shock that guy obviously he's fake obviously everybody would want to have sex with me and no one would ever be mean to me so the guy i murdered was fake the guy i fucked was real who's horny for me let's see some real hands in the air yeah and then uh he starts like the way he's trying to test if the robot's real is he starts trying to pillow talk her. He, with her, he starts, like, telling her, like, all this emotional stuff as if they were about to start dating. He's like, yeah, it's been really hard at work, and, like, I'm just here for a break from the mundanity of life. And then she's just like, malfunction, let me suck it. <laughs> Put it in. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, definitely not a robot. Um, but, yeah, the funny... I think the funny part about this scene is um, after they convince themselves that they're real, they're like walking up the stairs to go fuck and a bank robbery starts happening and they're like, yeah, let's have sex and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and uh, yeah, he's like, they're talking about the merits of stopping a bank robbery versus having sex and busting. And the guy's like, well, you know, like, I probably couldn't even help it. Like, even if we went over there, someone else would try to fuck me because I have a way with women. <laughs> I think it's so funny to just, like, delusionally think yourself into being, like, a suave guy. You're telling me when you go to the bank, you don't accidentally end up fucking several women? I am telling you that. And I'm also telling you that even if I did end up what fucking several women... <laughs> I'm telling you that if I did end up fucking several women, I would assume they were robots, even though I know that's not a real thing. <laughs> and so the fact that this guy assumes they're real just tells me a lot about propaganda. You know what I mean? Do you think if Westworld was a thing now, do you think that we would use like real dolls? Like, I feel like if a guy wanted to put together Westworld, he would he wouldn't want like perfectly and you know perfectly exactly right cyborgs. I feel like he would want the little bit of weirdness that comes with a, a, a real doll. Um, I think that's you projecting. That is me projecting. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of fucked up what you just said. I'm like, hey, what? <laughs> How like, did we get everyone a little bit hotter? I know, make them real dolls. <laughs> you just said to me, hey, do you think that every man in the world would rather have sex with a mannequin than Not a real every person? every man. I'm talking about the type of men who would put something like this together. Are they the type of guys who even like real men or real people? Or are they like only into the, into the fact that they're dolls? And they're like, it would be cool if the doll could walk and talk. That's not how I interpreted what you said. I interpreted what you said as it is a given to me that every <laughs> that every man likes manic- mannequins more than we all uh, know. People. The only reason we hook up with girls is because we can't hook up with dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, do you ever wish that your girlfriend would change her name to the Cabbage Patch Kids? This goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. You ever wish you were dating Barbie? <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast for intellectual thought okay <laughs> we like to push the boundaries we like to philosophize on here and my latest concept that i've been pondering is whether or not all dudes want to have sex with uh paper mache cardboard cutouts think about it subscribe to our patreon if you want to hear me think about this even more you're like you ever seen a cutout of ariana grande
Looks a lot better than Ariana Grande, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like him bragging about having a way with women when he's bringing a robot up to fuck in his hotel room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it feels <laughs> it feels like when your friend like it feels the same as this one time when my friend came up to me and was like, uh, "Hey, guess what I did this weekend? Bought a prostitute. She gave me extra time because I had a huge dick." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were saying that like ever that you will Brenner uh, bot keeps getting repaired and like keeps going after the boys. Yeah. And there was one part where he like pulls up in the guy's hotel room and like tries to shoot his friend and like the guy shoots him out the window. And then he just like gets arrested this time for killing him for some reason, even though last <laughs> time it was cool. It keeps becoming a closer and closer call every time they get into a gunfight. Yeah. Too, which I think is interesting. But well, this time, I, this was like when he had ma- malfunctioned. So I think that that robot was like there to kill. Yeah. That time. Because he was about to kill the friend and then. Uh, yes, exactly. And then he saves the day. But yeah, that's a fucking plot hole that I didn't even think of. Why did it? Why was he allowed to kill him the first time, but not the second time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? The, yeah. That's what confused me. Like, because he kills him again and then the sheriff comes and arrests him because like and he's like don't you know you're not allowed to be killing people it's like i genuinely thought i could maybe that's one of the guys who like uh paid to, for the sheriff package though i think he did maybe well, no, when you they... buy the sheriff package you get to set all the laws because i mean well they they had that where it was like the first sheriff who they shoot and kill but we'll get to that in a minute and then he gets like switched out with you know just that other dude <laughs> yeah i don't know that was pretty good but um Anyway, I feel like the prison break thing was almost like to add a little bit of taste and flavor to the experience. Like, I feel like this kind of reminds me of, um, um, you, you remember, I, we've talked about this before, but about how, like, weed was more fun to smoke when it was illegal. Yeah. I feel like it's like that. Like, you, don't you think killing people would lose its taste and its flavor if it, it was just cool? Yeah, I do think so. And I think that's what the movie The Purge is about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's f- it's weird to me that um, it's like because once they get arrested by the sheriff, they start like plotting this elaborate prison break. And it's funny to me that like I think this movie taught our parents to be way more worried about computers than they needed to be because like no one realized that they could just dump water on it. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. you know, unplug it, for example. They're like, oh, no, what if the robots create a dystopia? And it's like, I don't know, what if we just set off all the sprinklers for fires? <laughs> like, <laughs> how then are... what? <laughs> <laughs> robots are exactly as threatening to me as a wildfire is. Not at all. <laughs> it's for babies. <laughs> I'll jump in a lake. Come get me, bitch. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like... Once they realize the rules are different, it kind of gets like, this is when the movie becomes like serious to the two main characters, right? They're like, oh, we can't just run around murder and stuff. Well, and I don't I th- even think then because they break out of the prison and then they murder the uh, sheriff and they run around for a little bit. So I think you're full of shit, Bradley. I don't think they learned anything in that moment. That's true, but I thought they were in jail acting like things had changed. No. No? No. I, th- I genuinely think it was just there as like a thing to do. I think that they wanted to give people the experience of a jailbreak, so they arrested them. Like, I think that was, I think that they were intended to break out of jail, because you can't. Oh, I can't even imagine that. I think that was what it was, because, like, I would just be furious if I paid, you know, thousands of dollars and then now I'm arrested. 
Yeah, I was picturing this as the start of the robot uprising. Maybe that's how they make the money on the place. They arrest you and they just keep charging you $1,000 a day until you escape. <laughs> yeah, it's a really unconventional vacation. The yeah, it's more of a hostage situation. <laughs> It's more of a kidnapping sort of deal. Uh, my favorite vacation movie was Die Hard. <laughs> my favorite vacation movie was Taken. Okay, um, well then, yeah, like, I don't know. But I then just... after that, they take off and, like, flee the town because they've murdered the sheriff. And they're like... Uh, oh, uh, well, they're in jail. Someone smuggles them in, like, uh, some food and coffee, right? Just, like, past the sleeping sheriff. And I think that's the part of the movie that taught our parents we need the prison industrial complex. You think? I think that's what they gleamed from it. <laughs> I don't think it's an ethical lesson. I think, yeah, I, I could see how somebody who caught this movie on TV would take that lesson from this. Right, because, the, like, they saw it was easy to sneak by a sheriff, so they're like, instead of one sheriff, let's have 30 football players. Checks and balances. Let's have 30 football players and a metal door. And they all have pistols. And then eight snipers and also barbed wire everywhere. And we're gonna do, and we're gonna make money on this, and we're turning a profit. This movie gave Reagan the idea for mass incarceration. That's what I think. Yeah, our parents saw that, and they were like, "Yeah, it was way too easy to sneak shit past the sheriff. We need eighty guys who aren't in prison only because they got lucky." That's the funniest thing about prison guards to me is they all exactly are a guy who should be in prison. <laughs> if you ended up being a prison guard it's because you love to do drugs in high school if you ended up being a prison guard you don't even have to tell me that's your job because i can tell from the tattoo at the base of your neck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so then they break out of jail and kill the sheriff right and it's like even if you believe it's a robot like that's where I would end the vacation. That, when that, I'd that, be like, my nerves are shot at this point. I will say that robot didn't look like he wanted to die when he went down. <laughs> that robot death really bummed me out. Yeah, but it's like, even if you kill a cop in a video game, you're like, I need to turn this off for 10 minutes or else someone's going to show up at my house, <laughs> yeah. you know? like I just feel like that was they were way too nonchalant about police murdering. Well, and they fled to, then they fled town and posted up by a cliff and then got bitten by a robot rattlesnake for real. And this was when that they knew like something was up. Everything wasn't as it seemed. Yeah, um, I think it's problematic that this movie depicted the police as uh, just letting it go when the sheriff got killed. There was no that he was the police force. <laughs> so yeah, the police, they killed one hundred percent of all the cops. My opinion uh, is that if they wanted to make it progressive, they would have showed what really would have happened, which is the shadow government uh, it, hiring like an army to take these people down. <laughs> I think you're really overestimating how shadowy the government was. I in think the Old West. I think Westworld should have had about six bureaucrats that were always in a dark room. Lit by, like, two candles. Naturally. Calling shots. <laughs> well, they don't have that. Instead, they have a bunch of dudes in lab coats being like, I get that the robots are killing people, but we can't take the financial hit. And then they do nothing. Which, if anything, or if, our or if the last generation learned anything from this movie, it is that profits over people. Yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> the last generation watched this movie like it was a instruction manual. Yeah, they didn't watch it like it was a like a, I don't know. They didn't watch it like it was saying these scientists are dumbasses. They watched it and they were like, "Holy shit, there's scientists in this movie. They're smart as hell." Lab coats, eh? Wow, <laughs> pretty fucking long. <laughs> I feel like no one knows how to 
watch movies like i do this too all the time but like whenever a character is like does classically nerdy things in the movie i'm like oh that's the good guy (laughs) (laughs) whenever the character says something that's too smart for me to understand i'm like yep i'm with him that's who we're rooting for (laughs) (laughs) easy (laughs) and i feel like that's what uh like our parents generation did with movies like this where they watch like an evil corporation guy become a rich billionaire and they're like oh that's the path to success yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i mean that's exactly what we talked about with other people's money where it's this guy being awful for a whole movie and everyone's like i think i might like to be a stockbroker yeah yeah i think our parents watched this and they were our parents watched the scene where they shoot the sheriff and they were like oh the police department actually seems like a chill job (laughs) i'm trying I'm trying so hard to tie this movie into why we need to disband the police and it's just not working. How about we uh, we just should? How Me, about that? We don't need to tie them. <laughs> disband them. Me trying to tie these riffs together feels like a... I feel like one of those, you know, on the old TVs where the box would bounce around and almost hit perfectly yeah. in the corner. <laughs> I just feel like I'm hitting not perfectly in the corner but every you, time. You keep fucking going for it still. You're like, this is kind of like if, uh, never mind. I'm in a perpetual analogy cycle. Someone save me. Um, this is, uh, I was going to talk about like where they go back to town. Cause this is kind of where the movie falls apart in yeah. my eyes. Like, this movie, I feel like they had it very well. It was really well paced for the first hour, I think. Like, they were introducing, like, new elements of Westworld and well. I was into the setting. I was into everything. Well paced, as a movie should be. But this last, like, the last half hour, it really feels like uh, you just ran out of, like, you needed to stretch it to be feature length. Because there's, yeah, like, a 20, like, not an exaggeration, like a 10-minute bar fight sequence. That doesn't need to be that long. I kind of liked that sequence. Like, I'm I'm not with you on the bar fight, but I'm with you on the, the chase. That's fair. But, I mean, like, still, like, the bar fight thing, nothing happens. What nothing you, happens. What do you mean? A bunch of dope-ass shit happens. But nothing a bunch meaningful of, happens. A bunch of, like, swag happens. It's just a bunch of, like, dudes throwing punches that you, never, you didn't see before or after that <laughs> scene. The main characters are like, they don't even get involved in the fight until the last minute and a half. Yeah, this movie taught our parents about how to introduce characters when you write a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought the bars... The, I thought the bar fight scene was cool, but only because of um, like how easily all the walls broke. Yeah, that was pretty good. That just made me think that in history, I would have been able to be so much more dramatic. It felt like the guys fighting were just like going through like, oh, I can break this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, man, I would have made so many good fucking entrances and exits in the 1800s if everything was that breakable. That's why I wish I got to live in feudal Japan and just like walk through all the paper walls and shit that they had there (laughs) like i would love to like start at one end of an apartment building and run through every single apartment in that building yeah well the the funniest part about the wild west to me is it's um it's the most technologically advanced of the three eras right it's the furthest into the future of course also has the shittiest architecture of all the three like they were making everything out of stone in the medieval times and everything out of marble in roman times and then like a thousand years in the future they were like let's go back to tape together matchsticks yeah (laughs) that was so fucked up to me man that just really showed me that i think that part of the movie was when i realized america's not the greatest country in the world that it never will be because the old west was dumb
that's when I realized they've been feeding me propaganda my whole life. <laughs> but the next day after the bar fight scene, Yul Brenner Bach shows up for the, the third time. And this time he shoots the best friend dead. Amen, he does. And then he starts hunting the other friend. And this is the other fucked part of the movie. There's like literally a fucking 30, 20, like it felt like a 30 minute chase scene. It was probably like a 15 minute chase scene at the end of the movie. 20 minute chase scene. Conservatively. Yeah. And like, that's as long as an episode of Simpsons is. (laughs) Like that doesn't sound very long. That's a long time when you're just watching a guy chase another guy without catching him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It it kind of ruins the suspense. Of, it does of it all, and it it fe- But it's like done in such a way that it, it it. When I watched it, it felt like it was a guy who was trying to do suspense, but he didn't know how to do suspense. Like it felt like he thought that suspense just meant like this is going to take a really long time. It looked like I someone suspended doing... in time. This is you know this is suspenseful. When will this be over? It looked like someone's first OnlyFans video. How I imagine it. Yeah, you know what I, it, it's way too long. It's it's just, only good for a little bit at the end. You can like you can tell it's clearly scripted, but they're still being like, "Oh, you like that, don't you?" <laughs> you can tell they just have no idea what to do. They're so close to panicking. And this is yeah. And then you just have to pretend that everybody's enjoying it. And this is what this chase scene is like. He chases them through all the different worlds. Like, he runs through a canyon, and just they miss shots on each other. They don't fucking hit each other, do anything. They yeah. like, run through Roman world. Don't you think that, like, Yul Brynner, the robot cowboy, would have short-circuited when he saw what Roman world was? Yeah. I do think that. I don't think they were very worldly back in the 1800s. Well, they were also all murdered by the time he was showing up in Roman world, so that maybe... I think he would have been comfortable with dead bodies. No, that's what I'm saying. I think he was just like, oh, it was more of the same. More of uh, last, more of my morning. Yeah, I don't know. I just think he would have been like, this is so clean, and it's from before Christ died. Yeah. And we live in almost 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get over how... I can't get over how mad I feel like cowboys would be if they saw how clean ancient Rome was. <laughs> um, but then they, they like duck into the um, like the actual fucking Delos facility again. Yeah. And they like they go uh, underneath into the Delos facility. They do. Sort of an allegory I for Alice in Wonderland. Say, I fucking love the aesthetics of the Delos facility. It's got everything. You like it? Oh, I love the way they did the set design there. It's got like I think my favorite thing in film is it's like a thing called analog futurism, which basically means like what people thought the future would look like in the 70s. So it's like, you know, interesting tech and all that shit, but it's still like shit ass IBM computers. And yeah, stuff. it's still like all the computers are still like 3D boxes. Yeah, they're all like fucking green screen <laughs> dog shit. And we're like, we're in the year 2000. I love that making things future in like back then was just adding more computers. Yes. Like every the most futuristic shit you could have imagined in the eighties was three layers of computers attached to the same wall. And it's not; it's just like three monitors. Like it's just like <laughs> they're not even computers; it's just three screens. And he's like, "Eh, man, if I was born in nineteen sixty-seven, I could have made Back to the Future so much better. I would have been like, picture this, Doc: a room full of computers. And then he would have just been like, well, "Can we just film that for ninety minutes?" Picture this, your school's tech storage room. Here's a picture with of this. scientists in it. <laughs> and chemicals also. Yeah, that's a, um, it's pretty funny that no one 
like did anyone have a different concept of what the future would be because i feel like every director that did this future shit did no. the same thing ridley scott guessed what it would look like in blade runner and then that was how it was yeah like they just they added a couple more things but it was always based on the concept of computers in oh, a yeah. room it's always like the same basic staples except for weirdly in star wars where all the computers were fucked and weird and they were robots they but, didn't really have computers in Star Wars, now that I'm thinking about it. But Star Wars was actually in the past. Oh, Every real Star Wars head will know that. Far, far away. Yeah, but it was a, still a long time ago. Yeah, whatever. They had spaceships. They could have had computers. Anyway. This was the past, Kian. <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of conversation I'd have with a guy at a comic book shop and then come over here and be like, yeah, this fucker was like Star Wars was taking pains in the past. It's sci-fi! They have spaceships! You're operating on the Family Guy version of Star Wars where they said a long time ago, but also in the future. You're operating on a semantics level where I hate you when I'm talking. <laughs> no, I'm operating on facts. I'm operating on what the director of the documentary Star Wars told us about his documentary. If you saw Star Wars written word for word in Forbes magazine, you would not be questioning it the way you are right now. You read the same article. <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> did you know Star Wars originally appeared as uh, three separate articles in Rolling Stone? <laughs> but yeah, so I, like I was saying, I just love the aesthetics of the Delos facility. Um, but like my big problem continues with the chasing uh, being absolutely ridiculous. And that, like, there's multiple times where the main character could have killed Yul Brenner. Yeah. But then just, like, s- stops. Or also could have completed his escape. Yeah, either. And that- then he just does it. Like, he throw- He first off, he had, like, a big lead on Yul Brenner. Like, he was <laughs> fucking around in the Delos facility. Yul's still, like, fucking around in Roman world. Yeah. So, like, he, he could have just left. He could have yeah. driven home. Um, <laughs> he could have gone to the parking lot and took off. But he didn't. He stayed in the facility to, like, try and, I guess, finish this once and for all with Yule yeah. by, like, hucking acid in his face. Yeah. And then Yule just, like, turns around and the guy's like, and my work here is done. Yeah, which is, this is the second time he has enough time to run away when Yule's, or like, kill recovering him. from being acid-faced. Or kill him. Finish <laughs> the job while his face is burning off. Yeah, this movie taught our parents to always go with plan A no matter what changes. Yep. Like, I feel like the fact that this guy... Not even going with a plan though. Like, what's his plan? Is to just run around the facility? No, his plan is to finish his vacation at Westworld, <laughs> no matter what happens. <laughs> I feel like the way this guy doesn't call off his vacation is so similar to the way every dad does. Like, I feel like every road trip I ever went on with my family was just like. We'd start all in good moods, and then it would de-escalate until yes. we got there, and then continue getting worse, and no one would admit that we should just stop. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's exactly what this movie is, just a dad being like, we are going to fucking Drumheller. I don't care how many times you puke in the minivan. <laughs> <laughs> This is a family vacation and we love each other. Yeah, he's so anti-turning this car around, yeah. bro. It's like, just follow through on the threat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie taught our parents to do exactly what you planned, even if it's rendered pointless. Yeah, and then... Uh, this he- guy was... <laughs> wait, this guy planned to walk, and that's just what he'll do. One of these and days, one of these this days. guy is going to walk all over you. 
Yep, this movie's an allegory for Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> uh, but then he, he he does like the or the, he has one more interaction with Yule. Yeah, where the guy's like fucking around in medieval world now he's in, and Yule Bot shows up again this time. Fucking, I was hoping like because on the poster Yule has like half of a face. Yeah. That never happens. Never in the happens movie. in the that movie. Never nope. happens. Nope, does not happen that was even such a once. Cool effect I was looking forward to seeing. I like a very doable one too. <laughs> well, I didn't even think it was half his face. My, I thought he was wearing a COVID mask, uh, naturally, or some sort of mask. And then I was like, oh, this is going to be like an allegory for COVID. And then it just never was at all. The movie poster was, but the movie <laughs> was not. <laughs> yeah, tune in for next episode while we uh, when we analyze this movie poster. Movie parents, your, po- your movie posters, your parents looked at. Yeah, your parents looked at this. <laughs> we should do a podcast where it's just photos your parents your saw. Parents probably, was. <laughs> and then but and then Yule's hunting them in the medieval town. He, he sneaks up behind Yule and doesn't surprise attack. Him. Of course not. <laughs> and then he hides gently under the uh, the the torch because now Yule's eyes are fucked and he can only see heat vision. So he like disguises himself, his body heat yeah. with the heat of the torch, which is uh, that's fucking cool. That like that scene was very reminiscent of the ending of uh, the original Predator movie. Oh, I never saw that. Um, so did Roman alert. Polanski make that? Yes, uh, Roman Polanski teamed up with Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> and they made Predator, starring Kevin Spacey, starring Kevin Spacey, uh, Peter Saville, and Louis and- C.K. as the comic <laughs> Louis foil. <C>. <laughs> 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 fuck what were uh, we saying uh sneaking up oh behind. it reminds me of predator yeah so yeah. like the end of predator it's like they use mud to disguise their heat signatures this is like he's using heat to disguise that just kind of cool considering this movie came out like i think 12 years before predator this movie inspired a lot of it, this movie inspired a ton of shit like jurassic park predator alien terminator avatar uh everything arnold schwarzenegger did and it also came up with the concept of guys being badass. It did. It did. Nobody was before this movie. Yeah. No one had ever kicked ass or taken a name before exactly. this movie. <laughs> um, I think that him not not surprising attack... Fuck. I think him not surprise attacking Yule when he sneaks up on him taught our parents... like That's why your parents always tell you that sucker punching is bad. Like My I, dad did not tell me that. I think this... Okay, fine. My th- dad was like, hey, do you want to know a really good way to win a bunch of fights? <laughs> okay, fine then. I think this movie is responsible for the general anti-sucker punch culture that we live in right now. And I think that's toxic, frankly. Yeah. Because he could have easily won so much faster if he did just sucker punch someone. Yeah, or if he just instead- would have followed through on any of his previous honorable strikes against <laughs> this man. But... Like, does he light Yule Brenner on fire with the torch, or does Yule just torch himself by accident? It's arguable. To win the fight, he has to light him on fire, but Yule bends down to right. be lit on fire. <laughs> Naturally. And then, what does our main character do? But leave once more uh, to a different <laughs> room. <laughs> yeah. Where he's fucking around with another robot he thinks is a lady and, like, gives her water, and then she short circuits, and he's like, huh. And then uh, Ewell Brenner bot comes back in once more, but he just, like, collapses and dies and sparks go everywhere. His face falls off. Um, so I guess it did come true, the poster. Not right. It wasn't how it looked on the post. His whole face comes off, and it's just, like, wires and sparks coming out, which, like, fine, whatever. That's an effect. I'll give that to you. <laughs> but, like, give me half his fucking face off. I would like to see that, please. Which half would you prefer? Bottom. 
bottom off or bottom bottom off? off. See, I'm going with bottom on. I think someone with no eyes but a mouth would be so funny. No eyes but a human mouth would be really funny, actually. <laughs> that, no, now that you're, yes. Having Robot skull, human mouth and lips? Yeah. No <laughs> eyes, full set of teeth? That doesn't do anything for you? That's doing a lot for me, Brad. <laughs> Um, you know what my question is, is why was the robot so flammable? He's made out of metal. Yeah, his skin was made out of skin, and that'll go up. Okay, why, is you've your skin the, flammable? You've heard the, you've heard the phrase, uh, burnt down like a bunch of skin. He goes up in flames like an Axe body spray soaked toothpick, and I don't find that realistic <laughs> at all. <laughs> and... Maybe he was running on gasoline. Maybe it hit the fuel tank. My other question is, why does he keep leaving right after almost killing Yule but not checking if he's dead? Because this movie was about 20 minutes short (laughs) on its runtime, and so they had to stretch it for about a half hour. Like, that's literally the only reason I can think of for why this end scene is so drawn out. There's four times. It just feels like he didn't think of enough ideas to end this. Yeah, but there's four times in this movie where the hero attacks Yule Brynner and brings him within an inch of his life and then is like, okay, he's still squirming and breathing and like making his way up to attack me again, but it looks like I've incapacitated I'm gonna him. I'm going to go. Not I'm going to go to the next room. room. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go see over there. <laughs> Let me go somewhere where I can't see him. Uh, but the movie ends with uh, the main character just looking at Yule Brenner's body while have we got a vacation for you. Uh, the sound bite just like plays in his head. Yeah echoing and it all came full circle baby and then everyone was like good job you Brenner was amazing in this movie yeah was he i don't know dude because when we announced that we were going to do this we got a lot of testimonials and this is the roast portion of the podcast (laughs) this is the portion of the podcast where we shit on all our friends yes we got a lot of testimonials they said yule brenner Pinnacle of man. Amazing. He's so badass in this. So he, good. He's like if the Terminator was not a robot, but also still a robot. Is he like that, or does he just have no lines in the movie? Yeah. Is he a badass, or does he say nothing with a gun? It's like... Yeah, man. I mean, like, I'm not saying he did, like, a bad job in this movie, but, like, I am saying that he was playing an emotionless robot with five lines. <laughs> like... I would have. <laughs> it's just we're you not. He didn't have to change his face. All he had to do was show up and walk fast. Yeah, and I, like, <laughs> frankly, it, it would have been more impressive to me if he somehow did a bad job in that role. Yeah, like it's not us saying that we didn't that we thought his performance was shitty. We just thought his performance was way shittier than everyone told us it oh, was. Oh, yeah, because people were like, Yule Brenner, oh, amazing. Yeah, it's Yule like, Brenner taught me what it's like to not give a shit. I mean, he's there. And it's but like, like, you never heard of Eddie Van Halen, bitch? Yule Brenner doesn't do anything in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of the guy from Kiss, dumbass? Like, there's so many more badass men in the world that even if you're looking for the pinnacle of toxic masculinity, it's like, why wouldn't you be a fan of Jeff Dunham instead of Yul Brynner? At least Jeff Dunham has lines. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate, I'm not saying he did a bad job. I'm also not saying he did a good job. I'm just saying Yul Brynner did a job in this movie. All I'm saying is even the most pussy-ass bitch of a 12-year-old that you've ever met could look badass if they just walked and shot a gun. Yeah. If that was their whole job, yeah, you'd be scared of them, dude. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that I, I always just thought it was so funny 
knowing that Michael Crichton was like an actor, uh, an author and director, and that he wrote Jurassic Park, but they didn't let him direct Jurassic Park. Yeah. Love that. Now we get why. Yeah. Now I understand. <laughs> if Ewell Brenner directed Jurassic Park, the T-Rex would have gotten out, and then they would have just kept almost killing it for 30 minutes. No, the T-Rex would have gotten out, but then also needed a gun for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't have done anything. It would have just walked around, and people would have been like, man, that T-Rex really stole the show. You know what's fucked up to me about this movie is why does the cyborg need a gun? He's a cyborg. He could have just beat everybody up. Yep. Like I said at the start, the more you think about this movie, the more you're wondering why does he have a gun? Who's scooping the loads out of who? What the fuck is even going on in Westworld? Jurassic Park, but it's just the T-Rex has a gun and also lets every guest come in it. The T-Rex also goes haywire because no one's scooping <laughs> loads out of it. <laughs> um, do you think this movie is about Disneyland? I know it was inspired by Disneyland, like... He, uh, Crichton explicitly said that uh, going to Disneyland inspired this. So I just kind of want to know what fucked up thoughts this guy had at Disneyland. He was walking through Disneyland and he was like, this would be good. I'd like to kill Goofy. (laughs) 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 But this is good. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't go to Disneyland and see all the characters as like Yule Brynner. He went to Disneyland and imagined himself as Yule Brynner killing all the characters. He was like, let me make a movie about this. <laughs> I think a lot of other people are going to want to imagine this too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's about like the dangers of I don't think it's about the dangers of technology. I think it's about the dangers of people who like sell you technology for fun. Yeah, and like don't know about it or really give a fuck about what the consequences of it are going to be. Yeah, like, and, like that's another thing in like, Jurassic Park too where the guys just doing science to do science. He doesn't care about what's happening. Yeah, it's uh, to me it's it seems like Westworld is the same as Facebook to me. You want to elaborate on that? No. <laughs> just kidding. Thank uh, you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like, um, like okay, so the snake bites the main character in a world where it's supposed to be impossible for any human to get hurt. And then they're like, yeah, but it was just a little fuck up, so let's keep it going. Yeah. Fast forward to 2016... Cambridge Analytica uses Facebook data to usurp the U.S. presidential election and install Donald Trump as the de facto ruler. Tell me how that's any different. It's exactly the same. Because Facebook didn't, like, change. They were just like, yeah, it was just a little fuck up. Yeah, I mean, that's the same reason as why I have asbestos in my apartment. I think that They were just like, yeah, oh, whatever. I think that some people might watch this movie and like think that it's saying technology is dangerous, but I think it's actually saying that combining technology with capitalism is dangerous. I do think that's true. Is that I don't know if the movie like was explicitly going out of its way to say that. I do think that was said in the movie, and I mean like that's kinda that was like the most realistic thing that I saw in fucking Westworld was a businessman not giving a shit about people's safety. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, I don't know if I like. I don't really have a joke for that. That's just more like it doesn't always have to be jokes. Sometimes it's yeah. serious. Yeah. So you know, whatever. Fuck it, dude. Um, I guess we probably should have ended on making fun of people for thinking he was badass. But I guess we can end on commentary. Yeah, it's ending on commentary. You got and anything? If you don't else? like it, leave us a negative review on iTunes. You got anything else? How would you do the progressive re-release? Uh. 
do it as an HBO TV show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would do it as a Netflix TV show, but that's because I don't have Crave. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to fix some more plot holes. I would like to really just tell me who's scooping the loads out of the robots. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see. Honest, I think it'd be cool if like a whole family went to Westworld or something like that, and you actually got to see like a dad on vacation and like kids not giving a fuck and like <laughs> yeah, trying to play cool. their Switch in Westworld and shit like that. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, do you think that it's problematic that the only women robots in the whole theme park are the fuck robots? Did they pass the Bechdel test, though? Bechdel test? That's one of the funniest questions you've ever asked me on this podcast. Do the lady sex robots talk about anything other than the two male protagonists? I'm trying to think. (laughs) No, I don't think they do. And there you have it. If I remade this, I would make those two lady sex robots pass the Bechdel test, at least. A 15-minute scene where the two lady sex robots discuss their children and what they're going to do. They talk about work. They talk about uh, college funds or something. (laughs) What they want to do after this. (laughs) (laughs) Buying war bonds. Oh, yeah, a scene where the two robot women prostitutes go to the bank and buy war bonds. That's That's how I would make this progressive. (laughs) I'm also imagining one of the robots having like a picture of like a factory machine and being like one day having a pic- a robot having a picture of a factory machine and like being like my ancestors came so far. Yeah. <laughs> Papa. <laughs> yeah, I think the progressive re-release of this movie should be the robots rise up against the evil capitalists that have been using them for nothing but making a profit, and then they start coming in those capitalists and see how they like it. Now we got a movie on our hands. Now we got a riff to end on. Hell yeah. Hey, thank you all for listening to this. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, YPW or YPWT pod, Keen underscore BD, I hate Brad. CHO pod network. CHO pod network. Shout out to comedy here often. Hey, Shout if you out. like the show, uh, send a message to CHO pod network. Tell them you want us to uh, dump loads in you. Shout out to Dan Duval. Shout out to, um, fuck. I really want to have a thing where we just say, like, way too many names. At the shout end. out to Slavov Zizek. Sla- shout out to um, my new boss. Shout out to Anna Karenina, a book that I read by Leo Tolstoy. Shout out to... Shout out to my old boss who didn't tell me I was fired. Just stopped inviting me to come into work. Shout out to Sun Tzu, the man who taught me the exact right way to run and market a podcast. Shout out to Charles Bukowski, the saddest man whose ass I could beat. Uh, shout out to Tony the Tiger, the sexiest cartoon animal. Shout out to... Yeah, I do. Shout out to... Uh, <laughs> do you want to elaborate on that? Uh, this is the end of the podcast. Okay. Shout out to, <laughs> 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 shout out to uh, fucking... I don't know. Do we cover it? Shout out to Avril Levine, baby. You're the way I'm like... You're the reason why I'm like this. Shout out to the farmer that Charles is buying sheep from these days. Shout out to... What? Your roommate buys... You can't do these things. This is the end of the show. I don't have time to (laughs) talk about this. (laughs) You got to stop raising questions in the last 30 seconds, bro. (laughs) Shout out to the doctor who found that lump on me. Hey, thank you guys for listening to the show.